Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, he's going to be the MVP for a reason. I mean, he's, he goes out there, he, he leads his team, um, he, he scores, um, he, he runs, he throws, he does whatever it takes to win, and, and that's what the great greats do. And uh, uh, like I said, it'll be a great challenge for our defense, but also a great challenge for our offense going against their defense. So uh, it's going to take a, a full team effort if we want to find a way to get a win. All right, boys, how you feeling? I'm not going to listen. I ain't going to – I'm not going to toot my own horn. Um, this is <laughs> – this is uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is two years in a row, fellas. I came on here before the playoffs, while the season was going, and I like to pick really time, really difficult times, so it doesn't feel like I'm doing it on a high. But I did this last year, and I told you towards the end of the regular season, I said I am guaranteeing, guaranteeing damn team that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. Now, both of you gave me that that look. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why is it? We dispels the curse. Did you say Super Bowl or did you say AFC? AFC Championship game. Last year, ah, I said, so, now go with me. Last okay, year, no. this is a two-year thing, right? Now, come on now. Last year, I said they're going to win the Super Bowl. You all did. I guaranteed it. Bam, it happened. We had champagne. We had cigars. We did it. Then this year, before the Bengal game, I said, guys, these boys are going to go to the AFC Championship game. Now, I don't know about anything past that, but I will guarantee they will go to the AFC Championship game. I got that same look from you two. Like, what are you doing? Chill out. And uh, voila, where are we at the AFC Championship game? I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I feel pretty good about this. And, um, and, I'm on it. Two guarantees, two years in a row, and uh, and Ron's on it. I, you got to love it. You do. How how you boys feeling? How you boys feeling after this Buffalo W? First of all, I feel great. That was one of my favorite Chiefs games of this era. Like, I, I'm still kind of going through my Rolodex of Mahomes wins, but given the stakes, given the moment, given the opponent, given the fact that it was the first one that was on the road, like, I, I think that's my favorite, and I think it's the best one. I, I think it's the best win of the Mahomes era for me. I know that, like, obviously winning a Super Bowl is a little different, so let's let's take that and put that aside. But outside of winning a Super Bowl, I think this was my favorite win of the Mahomes era because of everything that went into it and everything that this season was and, frankly, what it wasn't. Um, so I, I loved that game so much. And I loved that, like, Josh Allen played the – played the perfect supporting cast role. He did everything <laughs> I needed from him, man. Everything. He was a absolute super superhero for three quarters, and then it all came down to their kicker missing. Like, it, it was just spectacular. We got to see Jason Kelsey no shirt on for 40 minutes of the 60-minute football game. For him. It was just – it was great in every possible way. And I want to say, BK, I'm proud of you because you didn't have a meltdown. Uh, during that game i loved the game I, i'm telling more... you man i i had a blast watching that football game is that it is the first time really all season long where it i've was... just sat back and said to myself this is awesome football and i'm enjoying the hell out of everything we're seeing right now yeah you didn't have a meltdown it was really more steve serta not picking <laughs> up that fumble is going to be what cost them after that stupid effing mccall hardman serta <laughs> <laughs> serta quit um Serta, coming up, I don't think they are winning 
that game. Here we go. Uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. There it right there already after the game. Didn't didn't think they were winning the Ravens game. Didn't think that one. So I'm proud of you, BK. You you did not self-destruct there. You stayed the course. You were even killed. Maybe you thought some things that we didn't hear, but you did text him. I'm proud of you. Serta, get it together, man. I wasn't having a belt. I was enjoying the game too, but I think at the, in the moment, like that, that kind of play happens. Like you quit. Nicole Hardman fumbles through the back of the end zone. It's a turnover. And then they force a fumble and don't recover it. And it, obviously it's all getting lost in the shuffle. And we're all very, very happy that they won. Just, you know, Chamari Connor just falling the I ball sometimes. Had an incredible game. Stepping in for Mike Edwards. You're amazing. You're one of my favorite young players on the roster. Just falling football next time. I'm really glad that it, it only took until Wednesday for everyone to stop uh, trying to explain um, how it's not Josh Allen's fault. Um, and uh, everything I heard or watched until Wednesday. Um, many shows opening still trying to explain away how Josh Allen um, got the ball three separate times after the Chiefs took the lead at 27-24 at the 14-20 mark. Three different times. The Chiefs did not score the rest of the game, but three different times all he needed to do was to get a field goal, and he could not get a field goal. He only put his kicker in in position to kick a 44-yarder once. Not to mention, on the final drive, he tried like hell to turn it over multiple times. He tried to give one to Trent McDuffie. Chris Jones, he tried to fumble that ball repeatedly. He tried to give one to Justin Reed when he threw one in the middle of the field to Stephon Diggs. So, Listen, I'm glad we only got to Wednesday and they stopped it by Thursday and moved on to the AFC Championship game and stopped talking about Josh. But I am glad. I feel good. I feel really good. So I let's really ask do. this. Let's ask this. So let's go around the room real quick. I'm curious. If the season ends on Sunday, and we'll get to our predictions and how we're feeling heading into this one, but if the season ends on Sunday and it's a close loss, you know, respectable loss on the road at Baltimore, you get to the AFC Championship game for the sixth consecutive season, is it already a success in your failure? Mind? Failure. Yeah. Got to win it Without all. That. Wow. Got to win it all. Yep. That's what we're about here. Um, we're it's, about we're I, about we're about winning championships with Mahomes. Hmm. You get here, um, you got you got to win it. It's a failure. That's what that's that's the, that's the expectation now, right? See, like that's that's what it is. But I think making it to this point with this team and the way that they struggled this season, like. An entire regular season's body of work of how bad they were offensively. I still think it's a success, but as the playoffs have gone on, I've been like, yeah, but you can't waste the window of this defense. And that's the reason they should win a Super Bowl. Like, this is a Super Bowl caliber defense if they can just get there. And so now I'm kind of like, yes, they, they've got a chance. And I, I think they're in the mix and they could absolutely win the Super Bowl. But I still think the season's a success just based off yeah, of I, I, what, yeah, where, I, what you dealt with all year and where you're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like nobody's going to remember that. Hey, this is uh, a <laughs> this is just championship or bust, right? This is a, this a, what they call it. S-Bob Super Bowl or bust team. That's what they are. Interesting. And, yeah. You, you got Patrick Mahomes in his prime with Andy Reid. And the number two defense by, you know, a, by just, I mean, a couple of yards. And and this defense with these guys, no. Nah. 
Yeah, you got to win it. That's where I am personally. I would view it as meeting expectations. Um, I, I wouldn't view it as an overwhelming success because I'm with you. Like if you if you don't get to and win the Super Bowl, then you didn't live up to like the ultimate successes of what we know this team is capable of. But man, there was a long portion in this season where I didn't think this team was capable of do, reaching those kinds of goals. I thought just, man, there was a point in time where I thought getting to the postseason might be the ceiling for this team. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to then take away everything that I talked about during the regular season and have a totally different view on it today. I, I would view it as meeting expectations and therefore... Is it an overwhelming success? No. Is it a success though? Yeah. I would say for me, it would be, but I like where you guys are coming from on this. And I, I like the cojones to say it would be a failure. I like it. Yeah. It's a failure, man. Yeah. You get here. It is, it is, uh, it, you got to win it, right? You got to, with, with Mahomes, you got the best player in the world and the best coach. Um, you got to win it. Right. And I mean, this, it, it, he's not strolling in there with the defense he had in, eight, in, in 18. Uh, and the, you know, it's, it's, you got to get that done. Right. And, and I, I, and that, and I, that, that brings me to this because I've been listening to this and, you know, I, I, I don't feel the same way that I felt going into the Bills game. I, I felt really good about the Bills game. I mean, I thought the Chiefs had the best coach in this game by a good margin. I felt like the Chiefs had the best defense in the game and it wasn't close. And, I felt like the the Chiefs had the best quarterback in this game. And I know they were playing on the road. They had experience. They're the boogeyman to the Bills. I Like, I felt great about that. I don't feel as good about the Ravens game. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not going to lie to you. It does have a feel of, you know, this may be Lamar's time. It does get there, – there, there's a bit of a feel of that. Like, this is just Lamar's time. But – I think what what people are what I disagree with and I'm and I'm wondering where you two feel about this is I think yes the Ravens have shown to be a better football team this season. The Raider the Ravens have a a roster that you could look at and and what the production of what we've seen this year would appear to be better than the Chiefs. I just think that the peop that people are saying that the only reason that the Chiefs are even have a shot is because of Mahomes. And if you take the quarterback part off, now, first of all, of well, hell of course. <laughs> but if you take, but if you take the quarterbacks off, that the rosters are very, very there's a gap between the rosters, and that the Ravens roster is clearly better than the Chiefs. And fellas, maybe this is maybe the heart or the homer or the what, or maybe I've watched it. I'm so that I just don't get the feel of that. I don't get the feel. Like if you talk about the 49ers, the 49ers roster, when they're all healthy is clearly better, you know, than the, than the chiefs. There's just a huge difference at quarterback, but clearly better than the chiefs. To me, when I just take a look at two of the weakest spots for the chiefs, and that is, offensive line in particular the tackles and the re and receiving like those have been that the receiving core and the tackles have been the things that you hate hey man who's got the best wide receiver in this game i know who's got the most yards i know it i i know it's rasheed rice and that's just somebody who came on late like we go look at these things first off 
like the Ravens set of receivers aren't exactly the most sure-handed people themselves, <laughs> right? I, I now outside of Odell, but I've seen uh, a Nelson Aguilar drop a few balls. I, you know, I've seen Zay Flowers, who I think is, is has a potential issue to be an issue, be as sure-handed, but he is their leader with 850 yards receiving, right? Like their receiving core is is good and has been improved, but like Bateman, Bateman will drop a ball or three. Like they're not, it's not like it's that much better than what the Chiefs' weakness is. And Rasheed Rice has come on in a way where it's like, whoa. And Justin Watson is sure hand. Like I don't think there's, and their tackles, their tackles. I mean, Ronnie Stanley has been kind of rolling on this this reputation for the last couple of years. But the realness of Ronnie Stanley is Ronnie Stanley has hurt a lot and is not 100% a lot. And it's to the point where him, between him, Moses, and number 64, they're doing rotations. Like, they're, they're, they are they got tackles that take off drives. Like, Ronnie Stanley takes off drives. And that Chiefs defense, which I feel like they've been disrespected as if they are not a part of this game and the Ravens only have the best defense. Like, we start looking at these all-pro teams – the Chiefs got a whole hell out of whole hell of a lot of them on their roster, and I just don't think the rosters are th- there's that big a gap between the Ravens what they bring to the table and what the Chiefs are bringing. So I think what happens, Ron, is I I think certain games over the course of a season kind of set the narrative for certain teams, and with the Chiefs, like you think about the most public games that they played this year. One of them is the Lions game to open up the season, right? You you lose that one close. I would say the Eagles, the Packers, and the Bills games were three of the others that probably set nationally the idea of what this Chiefs team is all about in 2023, right? And the Chiefs are always on TV. Sure. But those those four games, Lions, Eagles, Packers, Bills, I think were the most, most pronounced games in terms of how people view the Chiefs nationally. And they lost all of those close. Every single one of those kind of felt the same, where it was like, okay, you you can see the pieces, but it doesn't feel like the same Chiefs team. And a receiver had a blunder in in a lot of those games. 100%. And so that's where you get like the drops and the turnovers and everything like that becomes the public narrative about this team. And those aren't necessarily wrong. They were correct in terms of what the team was for most of the regular season. For the Ravens, it was almost the opposite. The Ravens' most public games that I can remember this year were the Lions, where they won 38 to 6. The Seahawks, where I just remember them absolutely wiping the floor with that team, 37 to 3. And then the 49ers, where they dominated, although that was a little fluky. We'll get into that a little bit more later. And the door the Dolphins game, where they absolutely destroyed them on New Year's Eve. And those were their big games, and they won all of them going away, man. That's not the entirety of the story from the Baltimore Ravens season this year. There were games, especially early on, where they didn't look all that different from the team that I remember watching a year ago. There was weird struggles in the red zone. There were turnover issues. Like The the offense was very herky-jerky early on. And then it started to come together, but they also, down the stretch, lost to the Cleveland Browns 33. Three to 31. They had a really close game against the Rams that took overtime to win in a shootout. Like they were not the perfect football team, but those games weren't as publicly consumed as some of these others that we talk about. And so they're remembered for the big lopsided victories 
and the Chiefs become remembered for the close losses. The and 49er that game set the stage. The 49er game is the one that oh wow, it was Christmas. 100%. Was it Christmas night? That's the one where where it feels like people see them as the Ravens, and that's what they've been. And I feel like the same thing happened with the Buffalo Bills down the stretch where the Bills had that really impressive victory against the Cowboys, and everybody was like, they've arrived. Like, look at this. And they didn't look into 24-22 against the Chargers, 27-21 against the Patriots, 21-14 against that Dolphins team that we all saw that was depleted. So I'm not saying the Ravens aren't a great team. I I think this is a very good team, a better team than the Bills that the Chiefs are going up against this weekend. But I I do think it's been a bit overstated on how dominant they have been from start to finish. Because you're right. Because I feel like, sir, the people think that the team that that beat the the 49ers and the Dolphins down is walking in and and the team that the Chiefs had against the Eagles and against the the lions or something is walking in the Eagles and the, and, and, and the Raiders or something that is walking into that game where, you know, they, Oh, oh Kadarius Tony, hell he had played in, in, in weeks like, like or, Oh, MVS is going to drop the ball. These receivers are. Yeah. No, that, that's a, that's a really good point. It's I do think that it, there, I think the biggest thing that I've been frustrated about with how this game is being covered is that, yeah, like I, the Ravens are an incredible team and their defense is amazing, but it is just how the Chiefs defense still seemingly got a whole season body of work uh, about how elite they are and how tremendous they've been this season. And they're still being overlooked, like 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 they're not equals, like they're not right there with the Ravens defense. And I think they absolutely are like the Chiefs defense is that good too. So you shouldn't just say, well, the Ravens have the better defense and the chiefs offense isn't good. And they got a bunch of guys that can't catch passes. So they're going to blow them out. And, and, and that's going to be that like the chiefs defense is neck and neck with the Ravens defense. And, and it's, I think those are the two best units that we're actually going to see on Sunday. Right. Like well, the, I, I think a lot of people look at this and they say like the place where the chiefs have a clear disadvantage, because even if people do agree with Serta and they think, okay, the defenses are close. The quarterbacks are close, regardless of which side you think has the advantage. Coaching, close. I think a lot of people view it as, yeah, but the Ravens have the better pass catchers. The Ravens have the better weapons overall. And I just, I don't know if I believe that. Like, I put out a poll on Twitter earlier today, Ron. Which team has the better weapons around their quarterbacks? And for the Ravens, you include uh, Gus Edwards, uh, Justice Hill, Flowers, Odell Beckham, Bateman, Andrews, Likely. And those are they're fine. You look at the Chiefs, and we all know who the weapons are around uh, Patrick Mahomes for this team. I think they're a push at worst. Like I, I think it's pretty close. Where if Andrews is healthy, maybe at this point in their respective careers, they're they're pretty similar between Andrews and Kelsey. I would take Kelsey because it's Travis Kelsey. But I get it that at this point in their respective careers, Andrews more in his prime, Kelsey towards the back end of it. I, I think Rice and Flowers are are kind of one and the same. They're different players, but they're both really good. You'd like to have either of them. Uh, the combo of maybe Gus and Hill, you'd you take as semi-equal to Pacheco in terms of the combo versus the, the solo running back that the Chiefs have. I just don't think there's all that big of a difference. And it's kind of how I felt last week going to the game against the Bills, where it's like, okay, yeah, maybe they're slightly better, but I think people are like double counting it. Where they're saying, okay, the Chiefs are bad with their pass catchers, 
and the Bills are good, and that means it's this massive gap between the two. I, I don't feel that way at all. Am I crazy on this, Ron? Do, do you see a significant gap in the, the weapons around the quarterback? No, I, 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 don't, I don't at all, and I think that's a narrative that has been like that that's been thrown out. I mean, all I know is I don't know. Maybe you don't think that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in this game. I do. He's clearly been the most productive. <laughs> he's he's been the most productive tight end. Hell, he's been the most productive receiver, and he missed two games in this thing, right? And I think maybe there. I would think there is something to uh, uh, Mark Andrews being out nearly three months. That that may be be something right there. But I mean. Look, like people look at, oh, Odell Beckham. Man, Odell's got 35 catches for 565 yards. He got outsnapped by Nelson Aguilar last like week. We, He's like basically been Justin Watson this year. That's what I was going to say. We throw up, like, do you know Do you know how much better MVS's numbers were last year than this? Like, I mean, like, and, we, and what we talked about, and Serta will let you know MVS may have been one of the worst players in all of football last year. And I know he was, he was more than this. Right, Rashad Bateman. Oh, wait a minute. there he is. Thirty-two for three sixty-seven. It's actually the first season Rashad Bateman stayed healthy and on the field. Like, like guys, <laughs> like guys we're talking about receiving, and, and and Lamar's in an MVP season, and they're and they're scoring points. Jack, Mark the difference Andrews, between the two Mark teams Andrews, is one of them turns it over, the other doesn't. Yeah, like that's Mark, that's basically it. Mark Andrews has not played for eight weeks, and he is. I mean. He is Isaiah Likely's nice though. He is nipping. He is nipping at the heels of Odell in terms of in terms of yards. He's got he's got like twenty yards less than Odell, and he's missed two and a half months. And he's the second. He's the second most. He has the second most receptions on the team by ten. So no, I mean like it. It's like I think we got to calm it down. All I know is the Chiefs have the best individual running back in the game. Now, I'm not going to say they got the best running game when you add Lamar, but they got the best individual running back. They've got the best individual tight end. They've got the best individual receiver in the game. I'm just looking at production, right? And, like, like it can't, if they got the best receiver, tight end, and running back in the game, and, oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is the one that is facilitating this, it can't be that big of a gap. And, like, oh, by the just, way, as recently as, you know, a year ago, we were all talking about how Lamar is a guy that in the playoffs doesn't have it. And I I have never been super high on that narrative, but hey man, the stats are the stats. And prior to this year, he had three touchdowns and five interceptions in the postseason. And he had lost against the Chargers, the Titans, and the Bills. And in those games, his team scored 17, 12, and three points offensively. So it's kind of hard to look at those and say, yeah, he was great in those individual games. He had some rushing success, but through the air, he just was not the same guy. And so, like, if I have to say, hey, who do you trust more going into this game, Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? I mean, it's a no contest. I like Lamar Jackson a lot. He's like a top three to five quarterback in the league, in my opinion. He was the obvious MVP this season. But the guy I'm taking in a playoff game is Patrick Mahomes 10 times over. It's just, and and to the point Sir has made, it's just really borderline disrespectful to this defense and the past defense in particular that the Chiefs have when we watch them do a number on the Miami Dolphins and we start rolling down what they bring to the table uh, offensively. And I mean, not even say the cold one, but the one in Germany. Like we see the number that they have done. 
by the way, once again, I mean, it doesn't matter. They have only given up 27 points once this season. They have never given up 30. They've given up 30 one time in the last two seasons. And that was in the Super Bowl to the Eagles, right? So, like, I mean, they have faced passing teams, like the team that just shut down Justin Jefferson and the Vikings, the team that just shut down Keenan Allen and the Chargers with those weapons that one would say are maybe, maybe better than what they're bringing to the table. I think it is a bit, a bit disrespectful. Throughout this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. This week, our parlay is centered around the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. That'll be available for you on the Arrowhead Pride Twitter page on Sunday morning, so be on the lookout for that. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. All right, AFC Championship game uh, edition of when the Chiefs have the ball. And listen, if you've listened to both playoff podcasts, which I know all of you have, it is clearly the best Chiefs podcast uh, in the in the world. Um, just is, sorry. I mean, other people have great ones, especially on the Arrowhead Pride uh, Network. It's just playing for second editor show um, great editor shows really good fantastic still second Got lots um of good stuff. lots of good stuff still obviously clearly number one um i've said yo this isn't a game where i feel like mahomes has to go grab the cape it didn't feel that way against the dolphins felt like he just needs to play his game make a few plays when he has to but just really focus on not turning it over and damn it, if they kick five field goals and just get to 21, 24 points, that ought to be enough. Felt that way last week. Felt like it, it still wasn't a game that he had to put that cape on. Or as our late friend Therese Paler would say, have an over-my-dead-body ball game. Never felt that. I kind of feel like this week they may need him to have that. I kind of feel like this. this is the week where – Mahomes, you know, has to like chilling with two fifteen, and it's got to be a little bit more than that. I feel like it, it may be a point where we look and we see clearly he's the best player on the field, um, and, and that's what his career has mostly been in big moments and big games. To me, I don't know if you all feel this way because I do feel like they uh, they know where their weakness is, even though some people want to act like the Ravens defense doesn't have a weakness. I've literally heard that multiple times this week. Where's the weakness? Where's the weakness? All right. Um, I, I heard Skip Bayless bet Richard Sherman at dinner that Isaiah Pacheco won't get 50 yards rushing. Um, but um, so there's that. But they know their weakness is run defense. They 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 know that. And if you watch last week, and yes, the Texans got 38 yards, the Houston Texans are one of the worst run teams in all of football. I have watched it all year long. 
I would not put a lot of measure in that. But I think they know that they're probably coming in thinking, we got to slow down Pacheco. We cannot let Pacheco run over us. And I think they're going to put resources towards that. And that's why I think even more this is going to be one where Mahomes has to be the difference. I don't know how you feel about that, but I do think this may be one where you got to get vintage great Mahomes in this game and not just good and solid Mahomes. That's interesting. I I think you need Mahomes to be great in this one because it's the AFC Championship game and you're going up against a really good defense and a really good team in general. But I don't know that anything in the Ravens' history this season suggests that they're going to throw resources at stopping the run because they yeah. just don't really do it. Like, when they have a close game, man, they give up a ton of rushing yardage. The only reason why they're not lower on the overall spectrum of, like, you remember the Chiefs a few years ago had that team that was, like, historically bad in, in yards uh, on the ground? Well, this could be one of those types of teams if they didn't blow teams out because teams just give up on it. They're like, okay, we got to start throwing because we're down by three scores. And so then you, you start throwing the ball, you stop running it, and the volume numbers don't get there. But Indy ran for a buck 40. Tennessee ran for a buck 30. So did the Arizona Cardinals. The Cleveland Browns, 178. Bengals, 136. Rams, 130. 49ers, 120. Dolphins, 150. Steelers, 155. Man, they have fewer instances in which they gave up like less than 100 yards this year than they did over 100 yards this year. And when teams go over 100, they go for like 130 plus. On and the I like to I like to add that that Arizona game that was not James Conner. He was injured in that game, yep. and that and that Cleveland game that was not Nick Chubb. That in the Indy uh, game, it was Zach Moss. Like they're yes. not doing this against stud running backs. This is anybody anybody that is willing to commit to the running game. You can run against this Ravens defense. It reminds me somewhat of some Steve Spagnuolo defenses where he's like, you know what? If you're going to run, fine. I dare you to do it. And the Ravens have been willing to do that all season, and it hasn't really burned them so far. I think it can in this game. If Andy Reid is willing to commit to the running game and make it a significant part of their game plan, I think Isaiah Pacheco himself can go for a buck 40 on the ground but they've got to be willing to commit to it. So I, I don't think because of that reason, Ron, this is a, it needs to be mm. a put on the Cape game for Patrick Mahomes. But if they're not willing to commit to it, then yeah, it's going to have to be. Mm. Well, you're on set, sir. I, I did. I felt like the Ravens team was the one where he's got to kind of be the difference. It's I, I think the way the Ravens play defense is like, and they're they're they are really unique and different compared to other teams in the NFL where we see a lot of teams they they run what they want to run and they change things up just kind of on game script and stuff like that but for the most part like you know they want to stick in man they want to do zone or whatever the Ravens will change things up constantly because they have the personnel to do it and the communication on the back end is incredible for them on defense and so I think defensively like to go towards what BK was saying, like about the rushing game, like I think they force so many turnovers in their secondary that they're fine with that because they're like, throw on us, please. That's, that's where, that's where we create game changing plays because they have so much talent on the back end of their defense and their linebackers have been amazing this season too. Like their linebackers create turnovers. And so I, I kind of, I tend to think like, yeah, they'll probably key in on Pacheco because they know it's Kelsey Rice Pacheco. Like that's what you need to slow down on for the Chiefs on offense. But 
I, I think it's going to have to be a mix of both where I, I think the chiefs so far in the playoffs have done a really good job, like up front along the offensive line and scheming things to, you know, find running lanes for Isaiah Pacheco and all of that stuff. But you still need Patrick Mahomes to go out there and be special like he was against the Buffalo Bills. So I'm fine with him dusting the cape off this week because I think he's going to have to have a handful of just special plays against the Ravens. But I still think the Chiefs are going to be able to run the ball a little. Cause, yeah, because see, like against Buffalo, the, the word you use, special, sir, I, like, I don't know how many times he had to. Like the, 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 the play in the pocket where the two free runners – came loose and he got and he slid over and got that to to mvs that was stupid that was like that was special i don't know i, I mean i don't know how many how many times he had to be andy has schemed up a few just gems somehow travis kelsey's at the goal line alone by himself in the end zone like that so so i don't know how how but i think he's going to have to have more plays where you know hey Mike McDonald, Mike McDonald got you this time, and there something happened. Free rusher came, or something like we didn't get it blocked. We missed, we missed something. Something got confused, and then Pat makes a play that breaks their back. Like I think you're going to need some of that because I think the dude on the other side is going to do some of that too in Lamar. So I think you're going to have to get some of that. I I do think though, and I know you're on the same spot as this, BK. Like one thing that has been troubling for this team that has been extremely annoying with this team, another one where now you you can't kick, you can't kick six field goals. They, I mean, they, they if you look at one, some of the things like the the Bills game felt good and better because they scored three touchdowns in that game. They got in the end zone three times and, and should have got in a fourth time. We won't talk about that, but. They got in three different times. But if we look at the, the Dolphins game, I mean, they kicked, what, four field goals in that game. The Bengals game, they scored one touchdown and kicked six. Like, and this does feel like a game where the red zone is got to be much more sixes than threes. And it's twofold. One, because the Ravens are excellent in the red zone offensively. They score at a 62% red zone clip touchdowns. And defensively, they are one of the top two teams in the league at preventing touchdowns in the red zone. Ron, teams only score 40% of the time touchdowns in the red zone going up against the Baltimore Ravens. This season, that was one of the biggest issues for the Chiefs offense. They were at 54%, which was 17th in the league this season. And we talked about it at the time. We were like, you know what? Maybe part of what's gone wrong is that they don't have McCole Hardman and they need him on those jet sweeps. Yeah. <laughs> and he took a jet sweep in the red zone and uh, the twice. result wasn't ideal last week, to say the twice. least. Twice. He fumbled twice. You know what I do, Ron? I go right back to him. Yeah, no. I know. I'm with you. I don't. I, I, I know I it think sounds a lot of crazy. To it, this boy. I know but it I, sounds crazy. And I know te- people were so mad at the play call. But all season we were begging for McCole Hardman on that quick sprint to the left, and it it just it failed. It failed because he tried making too much out of it. But I would go right back to it, and it's the last thing the Ravens are going to expect this week. And so I I think that's something you can lean on a bit. I think it's helped that Travis Kelsey looks healthier, and he is somebody they're targeting in the red zone again. That's huge. And Isaiah Pacheco is obviously an important piece to this. So. 
you have ways to attack in the red zone now that maybe weren't there for you early on in the season, but it is not going to be easy in a consolidated space against this Baltimore Ravens defense. They make it hard against everybody, but you're right. You you got to find ways to score six down there. And, and sort of for, for me, this is where I think Andy steps in, right? I think this is where Andy is really, really big in this game. And see, this is what pissed me off about the uh, Cole Hardman thing last week. See, this is where I think Andy's going to have to have this mindset. And I even understand going into the game, the mindset Andy had. Listen, if we just think back to the season, Andy has had to scheme up red zone scores. Like, he's had to be really creative. I mean, off the top of my head, I could just think of the Pacheco fake reverse thing that he got against the Raiders um, where he stole one. He has stolen a couple like that with McCole Hardman and, and, and done it with other guys, right? It, like, there have been plays where he has had to design and they've done really weird things where he has stolen red zone uh, red zone touchdowns, right? Like this, this, this Kelsey screen that I, hell I ain't seen him do very much this year, where he has schemed up things, and I do think he's going to have to get creative and scheme up potential red zone touchdowns. See, my thing in the Buffalo game is you didn't have to do that. Like at, the, at that point of that game, the way that game was going, Buffalo could not they they couldn't stop the Chiefs. Right, sure. you didn't need you didn't need to do that with McCole Hardman in that game because you could have handed it off to Clyde. There is no chance in hell four times from the three that the Buffalo Bills were going to stop Clyde or Pacheco in this game. You didn't have to do that, right? And, and so that's why that was different. This game, Andy's going to have to steal some red zone touchdowns. He's going with with scheme with things like. The, the Bengal game, the one touchdown they scored where he runs Kelsey in the middle of the field and he has Rice also and then gets Pacheco coming off around behind them and gets him wide open for a touchdown. Like he schemed that all up to get a freak. He's going to have to do that in this game. And uh, now I don't foresee this happening. If the Chiefs just start bullying the Ravens, then let's chill out on the McCole Hardman trickery and just give the ball to Pacheco and get in. But I do think this game, they get inside the 20 in the red zone. He's going to have – this is where the greatness of Andy Reid has to come into play and that he's going to have to scheme up and confuse Mike McDonald and that Ravens offense into stealing some touchdowns. I bet we're going to get a play on Sunday that – it, it's going to be a weird looking play, weird formation or something. Somebody's going to ask him about it after the game. And Andy Reid's going to be like, yeah, it's from this f- football game I found in 1932 or something. Yeah. The, one of the sounds they scored against the Dolphins, right, was with, with Pat in a, in a, in a, in a uh, fullback role or something or a tailback role. The one where they scored, it was with Pacheco scored. It was blocked terribly. Somebody got their ass kicked right up front and ran right into <laughs> Pacheco, but he powered through. And got in, but it was it was something weird. And then what they did last week, apparently Kelsey said that his touchdown that came on that screen pass, that was something they had in in 2015. So that yeah. that's something that was like almost a decade old in the Chiefs playbook and something from early on in the Travis Kelsey era that was even prior to the Mahomes uh, era here in, in KC. So yeah, I, 
whether it's something that's a throwback from an old school Andy Reid play, one of the screenplays that he used to use, or if it's something that he watched on a 1947 Sugar Bowl, like wh- whatever it might be, I, I think we're going to see something cute what, this week. For what, sure. like, because the red zone is is could be a big concern. What 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 do you? What else is your concern when the Chiefs have the ball against this thing? Because listen, right? Like I, I think the Ravens, I think the Chiefs' defense, and we'll get to them are really good. But I think the Ravens' defense, they're they're right there. Like these, they're number one uh, across the board with with points and turnovers and and sacks. Uh, with the Chiefs coming right behind them and several of those, what what about what what concerns you the most? So I'm going to say a player's name, and it's more about what this player represents than anything specific uh, within this player's matchup that bothers me. It's Kyle Hamilton, and, and the reason why is because Kyle Hamilton represents what Serta was talking about earlier. He is the chess piece that allows the Ravens to do everything they want to do defensively. They can use him everywhere. If they want to use him deep, they can. If they want to use him as a linebacker, they can. If they want to put him at nickel, they can. If they want to blitz him, they can. Because he is capable of doing just about anything, man. If they want to put him one-on-one against a tight end, he's got the size to be able to do that. If they want to put him one-on-one against a wide receiver, they can do that because he's pretty fast. Now, he's not 4-4 speed. That's why he dropped in the draft a few years ago. But he is just one of the best football players in the NFL. And what that allows them to do is get super creative defensively. And they can change the picture pre and post snap. That forces quarterbacks into some really difficult looks. It makes them think something's going to be there. And then it's gone. And they're throwing straight into a zone that a linebacker is occupying. And Ron, that is my real fear. My fear is the turnovers. My fear is the turnovers. And he represents their ability to create those turnovers. Well, Kyle is interesting because... It'll be it'll be one to watch to see if the Ravens are in control of how they get to use him or if the Chiefs are dictating how he is being used. Meaning, you know, we gotta do something about Kelsey. Kelsey is is killing us. We gotta do something about Kelsey or something's happening in the back end, and we can't exactly just use him however the hell we want to use him. I think that's that's a big one. Sort of for me, it is it is the offensive line. And that is my biggest concern. And it's not necessarily their front four. Yes, Justin Metabike has had a hell of a season, 13 sacks in the interior. Um, but like Kyle Van Oy and, and, and Jadavion Clowney, they don't really scare me as much rushing the passer. Their front four is not that. The, the Chiefs have run into much better than that. Um, but it is Mike McDonald and his blitz packages and who he sends and who he doesn't. And his blitzers are really good because generally they're Patrick Queen, Kyle Hamilton, and Roquan Smith and Millette, who's also really good coming off the edge. And watching a lot of Ravens games, they he seems to confuse the offensive line and protection backs and tight ends a lot, where you often see backs, tight ends, linemen, like multiple multiple of them, not blocking anybody while a rusher comes free, untouched, while two guys aren't blocking anybody. Because he'll drop anybody, he'll drop linemen, he'll stand two guys up there, he'll have those guys replace and back at Queen and, and, and Smith. So that, to me, is my biggest 
concerned because I think if Pat has time, whether and they run a lot of zone, he's gonna eat their asses up. Like if he has time or he knows where the pressure's coming from, he's gonna eat them up. But that is my concern is the blitz packages of Mike McDonald and how this offensive line handles it because they'll run games around it at the same time of blitzing people. So that's that's my biggest biggest concern to me with, with, with those two. All right. Um, when the, when the Ravens have the ball, um, I think the number one thing fellas, when the Ravens have the ball is the, what feels like is going to be the MVP. And that is what kind of game he has. This was what it was last week. All right, I would have pressed the button in a heartbeat if you told me Josh was going to have 186 yards passing and 70 yards rushing. Wish to get the rushing yards down a little bit. And, and you know, look, he's going to have them touchdowns. And you made him make a a, a all-time throw on one of the touchdown passes, and you got to tip your cap to to that one. But to me, it's it's about Lamar Jackson and what he does and how much – he impacts this game and and it starts there if like i've watched some games where you know like even last week against the texans i mean he threw for 154 but he rushed for 100 and he scored you know three four four touchdowns total two passing two rushing like it you've got to you've got to minimize him as much to where this isn't a he takes it over situation it is. And when you look at his passing numbers, Ron, you just mentioned it. 10 out of his last 12 games, he's thrown for 240 yards or fewer. It's the legs that'll kill you. Like, if you allow him to beat you on the ground, it's over. And if you allow him to scramble all over, like, he has those plays. Ron, we see these with Mahomes all the time, where it's more than just the yardage. It'll snatch your soul. Like he he go, runs around and you think you've got him in the backfield and then suddenly he pops out of the backfield and he's finding a guy 14 yards down the field with some sidearm throw and it converts on a third and eight. And it just, it is so demoralizing. And you're tired, like you that just happens. run all over the place to get him. Yep. I remember, I remember watching the game between the Chiefs and um, the Ravens. This was back in 2018, I think it was, or 2019, 2019. And it was early in the season, and the Chiefs ended up winning that game. But Lamar had a few plays in the second half, and I think Alex uh, Okafor had a couple of plays where he just oh, God, yes. whiffed. Like, had <laughs> no chance against him. Yeah, it was at the goal line. They had that yellow in that oh. yellow uh, end zone the Chiefs painted. Rainy day. I remember that one. Whew, Alex it tore was, his knee It was rough. That was a torn meniscus right there from Oklahoma. <laughs> I remember that. Woo. <laughs> and that's just the kind of stuff that they'll do, man. He makes life miserable for you defensively. The Chiefs were up 30-13 to 13 in that game. And the Ravens ended up coming within a score by the end of it. Like, he's just, he's special, man. And he'll do things that drive you nuts as a defense. And even if you have everything right, he can just make you wrong. So that, that to me, is the biggest thing is it's his legs, dude. And it's but, what his legs allow him to do through the air. But, Serta, you, and you have to come into it knowing, like, all right, like when you play Golden State, if they're going to have a run here, the old Golden State. They're going to have a run here where 
I mean, they're just they're going to hit three threes in a, in a minute and a half, and they're going to put eleven on you so fast, and it's an eleven two run before you. I mean, before you even can breathe again, they're going to have you. Just got to weather them, right? You're going, and I think it's a good. It's good to have faced Josh the week before because they're, they're different, but. Josh had, I mean, Josh had a couple of plays. You got him third and 17, and somehow he throws a ball that may have been behind him, and they they fool around and get 16 yards, and then they pick up a first down on the opening drive. Or, you know, Josh scrambles for 18 yards out of nowhere. You have him, or he hits Murray where you look like you got him dead to right. But, you, I mean, you got to go into it knowing they're going to happen, but recover from them. And hold it there. And you have got to, to me, sir, I know he's improved. And I know his weapons have improved. But you still got to consistently make him a thrower and consistently make him a thrower down the field and outside the numbers. Now, it, it, and I'm and he's gotten better. And they have got, got, but you have got to consistently try to make him be more of that than the other stuff. And I think that does mean you got to stop the run early and, and those guys, but you've got to make him be that and keep him in. Yeah. I, I think that he is a dramatically better passer than most people would give him credit for. Like he is a good passing quarterback, but what makes him so special are his legs. And so you don't want to get away from the thing that makes him one of the most special and unique football players in the world. Like, that's where they find their success. And like, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities for, you know, Lamar to go out there and put up a huge passing stat line. If the Chiefs just force him into those looks, but like, it's just not going to happen because they run so many different, like option kind of plays. And then last week they started incorporating just the straight up Lamar drop back and then take off. Like, and, and that's something that they hadn't been doing that much this season. Like they saved those looks for the postseason. And Lamar torched the Texans that way in the second half last week. Like Houston kept that game fairly close in the first half, even though you kind of felt like the Ravens were, were clearly like the better team. And then they just totally blew the doors off of everything in the second half. Like that's the thing is like when, when he gets going and he kind of finds a rhythm as a passer, then he starts mixing in the runs and you just don't know what to do. Like you don't know where to occupy the space and where to attack. Like, that that's what can make him so devastating and and he can he can turn it on fast too so like you just got to be really careful and yeah i mean if he think if he rushes for like 85 yards in this game you're like that's fine as long as it wasn't like 140 yards but but like bk into the point that sort of made about the game last week against the texans it's just you watch what happened in the second half but there was a the second quarter they had three consecutive possessions and I think D'Amico just said to hell with it. I'm going to start sending stuff. And then he start. he had a weapon. He had a Christian Harris. He had a weapon in which he just used him to spy around him. And he could, he could close space better than, than, than normal linebackers on Lamar. And boy, that's why I think Willie Gay is pretty important in this game. If he can go, but he would just have him as spies all over the place. And I think one of the big keys was, and if you watch the Ravens, what they do a lot is they put pressure and they took away the quick stuff and, and the quick stuff that he likes to go to immediately when he gets pressure and they try to get him. In, 
they took away that quick stuff and was right there. And man, when he had pressure, he's just so much more inaccurate, like like most quarterbacks. And there was that that moment, that period where they had three straight possessions and they did nothing. I mean, nothing. And he got hit. He probably got sacked three or four times in those possessions and he got hit. And they just kept him in and kept him in until, you know, he ran to them and they were able to, to make sacks and they kept him from running around and making the big play because they were pretty disciplined in their in, in their rush lane. So that that is one to watch when they forced him to throw the football. They, I mean, they really struggled. And really you mentioned struggled. the sacks, Ron. That's something that I, I do think gets a little understated sometimes. This isn't like Josh Allen. Josh, Josh Allen just he doesn't take sacks. He had the lowest sack rate in the NFL this year. It's, it's, it's almost impossible. <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes is the same way. He he never takes negative plays. Lamar will. Lamar will either run himself out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage or he will take sacks. And the only every game starters that took more than him on a on a rate basis this year were Justin Fields, Bryce Young, Sam Howell, and Russell Wilson. So like He's back there and he's trying to find something. And if you get pressure on him, he'll go down for you. And and when he does, that's a significant play, man. Because if you get a minus five yard loss and it becomes second and 15, if they threw on first down or you you shut them down on the running game, it was second and eight. You have a five yard loss now. Now it's third and 13. That is not where this Ravens team wants to be playing from. It's where nobody wants to be playing from, but especially the Ravens, man. This is still a team that wants to get out there with the multiple tight end packages. They want to be able to use their fullbacks. They want to make things difficult for you so you don't know what's coming based upon their personnel packages. That's really where their quote-unquote misdirection comes from, where the Chiefs use the motions and everything. The Ravens mostly use it with personnel packages. Is it run? Is it pass? You're not going to know until it's too late. And so if you're putting them in those negative down and distances, that that's where you can really come through with some big time stops defensively. And that, that comes or, back to some of the guys we've talked about. Or the turnovers, right? Because he is holding it and he is going to try, especially if, if the Chiefs have some sort of a lead and this, he is going to try to make plays. But that, like, he's, he's going to try to make plays. And that's where potential turnover turnovers can come. Listen, Lamar is the top thing, but I, I I think for me, fellas, this game, and and it was that way in the Buffalo, this game is going to be about moments, right? I think it's going to be about moments and big-time dudes stepping up. And the Chiefs have big-time dudes. Obviously, we know 95, we know 38, we know 22. We know, I mean, they've got guys. 56 is starting to, to beat that guy. Third, like to me, critical. Right before the 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 fake punt. It's third and five. The Chiefs hadn't gotten them jokers off the field in a long time. And and Spags is able to dial up a pressure that gets George free and he knocks down a ball and causes him to punt. There are going to be third downs in this game that's going to be about moments in the game. Shakir is open in the end zone, but Chris Jones walks Dawkins all the way back into Josh Allen so he can't get his full weight into the ball, into the throw. Moments. And I think there are going to be a bunch of moments in this game, a bunch of third and sevens, third and eights, third and six, third and nines that you got to step up and get off the field and make plays. And Chris Jones and Bolton and Willie Gay and these and these guys – 
have to step up big, right? He's going to make big plays. They're going to get big plays. But you got a chance to get a field goal attempt or you got a chance to get off the field. It's going to be about those really big moments and your big-time players stepping up in those moments. And, Ron, this comes back to Chris Jones. It does. Like I, I really think it is. Um, last week we saw it at the very end. I was so frustrated with Chris Jones for the vast majority of that game. But credit where it's due, dude. The game became the biggest. The lights were the brightest. And there's Chris Jones making a couple of plays that legitimately wrecked the game. And one for could Josh have Allen. Yeah. Absolutely. For Josh Allen and that, and that Bill's offense. One was the fumble that nearly ended it for the Chiefs. Um, and the other was him just bull rushing Deion Dawkins straight into Josh Allen on what otherwise might have been a touchdown. Um, Chris Jones was was a savior on that play in a lot of ways. And so his pressure coming up the middle against a guy like Lamar Jackson, it's huge. I mentioned earlier, Lamar will take his sacks. He took 37 of them on the season. Lamar will also fumble the ball. He fumbled it 11 times this year. Ron, you mentioned you got to get him into third and long. They had 89 third and longs this year. They converted on 21 of them. They were below 25% on third and long situations this year. Ron, this is also a team that if you get up early on them, they have not faced it all year long. They have not faced a two-score deficit this year. The entirety of the season, they have not been down by multiple scores. So Chris Jones, if you can go out there and make a couple of these big plays early as opposed to saving it all for late, first of all, Chris, I don't know if anybody's told you, you have a million dollars on the line. If you get to the Super Bowl, you get another million dollars in your bank account via okay. bonus. I that was inside of knows. that structure. I would imagine he knows, <laughs> given how hard he was playing in that game in the final week of the regular season. Let's go get that exact same effort. Let's go get that exact same kind of pressure. This time on Lamar Jackson, make a couple of plays early, go up by eight, nine, ten points early on, and find a way to win this game. But that's that's the biggest thing, man. You, your blue chippers, and specifically Chris Jones, who wants to be paid $30 million, he's got to come up huge in this game. Yeah, I think it's... It's Chris Jones, and you mentioned George, and I'm glad you did because, and George is a player, and George is fun to watch, and he has become, I, I think, the second most consistent guy like along that defensive line. And we know Charles Amenahu and Mike Dana have been great this season, but George is turning into a difference maker for the Chiefs' defensive line. So it's been really fun to watch him develop. And then, you know, I think we we know that. Sneed and McDuffie are going to be excellent because that's just the caliber of players that they are. But I, I still, I, I want to see those game changing plays from them too. Like against the dolphins when McDuffie just absolutely lights up Tyreek Hill or, or Sneed, you know, nearly coming away with a pick or something like that. Like those kinds of plays that those guys, we just have become accustomed to them making. And I expect them to make on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and, and when I say moments, I think there will be a few of them. I, I have I, I know the Chiefs haven't played the Ravens in a minute. It, it's been it's been a couple of years since they've run into the Ravens. It's 2021. Yeah. And many may not remember, but they played them five times since Mahomes has been the quarterback. And they've had this matchup with Lamar. Listen, I have never ever seen, and Brandon Staley included, I have never seen a coach more affected in terms of his decision-making, especially a coach I respect, but a coach more affected with his decision-making of how he, he attacks the game than John Harbaugh with Mahomes on the field. He, 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 I've, I've heard him say it after games. He is ultra aggressive. At least he has been. 
Now, maybe he may change that now because of his defense, but I will say he ain't never had no bad defenses. Like he's always had good defenses, right? But and, and maybe, I wonder if it changes because of the Chiefs' offense. And, Previously, was that was 2021 was in the heart of the the Kelsey, Tyreek, Mahomes, scorched earth offenses. And, and, and maybe, and I was gonna say maybe it changes because of that. Now, Sean McDermott sure sure as hell didn't see anything different. Sean McDermott's going for fake punts and and try to drain out six minutes of the clock at the end of the game, so Mahomes didn't get it. But in the past, like I. He, he was going for fourth downs because he didn't feel like threes were going to be enough against this team. So maybe he doesn't – he changes things up in the past than he did in the past, but there may be several fourth downs like that this team may have to face, and those are those are major, major moments that they'll have to jump up and make plays on. All right, sir, to go ahead and grab my, uh, my music here, the game that is sweeping the nation certified or imposter – you're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Simply this. Um, this is the sixth AFC championship game. The Chiefs have been in three Super Bowls. They haven't won every one of these games since uh, Mahomes has been in it with Mahomes and, and, and Andy Reid. That air is the Baltimore Ravens, this group, this team. This is the best team the Chiefs have played in the Mahomes era. This Baltimore Ravens team is the best team that the Chiefs have played in the Mahomes era, certified or imposter. Go ahead, BK. I'm going to say imposter. And the reason is because I look back at two different th- teams and think they were a little better overall than what this Ravens team is right now. I think the Super Bowl against the 49ers and I think the Super Bowl last year against the Eagles both had more that had me afraid going into that game. Now, that doesn't mean the Chiefs can't lose this game. They they can. But to me, the 49ers offense, even with Jimmy G, defense, even yeah, with Jimmy. because of the weapons. I think they had weapons that propped up Jimmy in a way where like, I feel the opposite about the Ravens where I'm not as afraid of their weapons, but I am afraid of Lamar. So it kind of comes out in the wash. And I think that defense was terrifying. And then I think that Eagles team last year was genuinely awesome. And that I believe was the best and scariest team that the chiefs have gone up against in this, in this run. So I'll say imposter certified or imposter certified. I'll say imposter too. Um, but I, I do think like personnel wise defensively, like the Ravens defense is right up there with any of the teams the Chiefs have played in the playoffs. Like that that defense is really that good. But then you look at the the skill players on, on the offensive side of the ball, and it's like, yeah, like, well, if they didn't have Lamar Jackson, would you really be that juiced uh, about the guys that they have on that side of the ball? And I don't think you would be because Lamar's a special player, and that's why he's about to win his second MVP. But I, I just think that the Chiefs have played some uh, some rosters that, like top to bottom, were just better in the postseason. Man, this is a this is a team that has a Super Bowl winning coach, who is a borderline Hall of Fame level coach, a potential two time MVP, the number one defense that have made some history being the first defense to ever lead the league in points, turnovers, and sacks. 
it's like when you put it together, it sounds that way. I'm gonna go imposter. Boy, that Eagles team, that's one. I think Nick is an interesting guy. But I mean that 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 you're right, the weapons. I like I was thinking the 13 second Bills, man, that yeah. team, that te- they that were was the, the best version of them. They were the number one defense, too. And that was a really good team. And the weapons and Josh. And and I don't think Burrow, the Burrow team they lost to really they're offensively, they're really good. The defense, they're not, but Lou was just weird. Lou yeah. confused the hell out of like he just would out coach Andy and Pat, um, which would fuse them. But I just their offense is up there with the others. But and, and but like Joe makes me more nervous than than Lamar does right now. So I would say imposter that Bills that Bills thirteen second team man number that might one be the defense. one. You're right. Josh was was really. I mean, it just happened in the division round. But Josh was really. Gabe Davis was nuts. To go along, and that was Diggs probably at his height. Yeah, I, that that group maybe presented you know a few more more problems to me. All right, um, let's hit this scores right now. Uh, will the Chiefs be in the Super Bowl? Serta, um, I'll let you jump in here first. What what's your prediction for the AFC Championship game with the Chiefs and the Ravens? I've been going back and forth all week with this. And as you already mentioned earlier in the show, I texted you guys on Sunday. It was like, well, the Ravens are going to win that football game. And I've just been diving into it all week. And I I just, I think this is a really, really good matchup for the chiefs. And I think it's just a really good head to head matchup AFC championship game. Like I I don't think we could have gotten a a better version of the AFC championship game. than These two teams uh, going head to head. But at the end of the day, I just can't bet against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. And so, like, after I was spent all week long saying, like, it's Ravens, it's Ravens, it's Ravens. I think after diving into everything all week long and really stewing on it, it just comes back to Patrick Mahomes and and what I think he's going to do on Sunday. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs. I think it's a close one. I, I do think that both defenses leave their mark on this game, but they still wind up scoring a reasonable amount of points. So, I'm going to take the Chiefs 28, Ravens 24. Okay, 28, 24. I'll go, BK. I have started to feel better and better about this game the, the more the week has gone on. My one big thing, which is more important, is when you watch it, these two teams aren't that far off. Like, and the way that the Chiefs have played the last four weeks where they have minimized the mistakes, they really look close. Um, and I think the chiefs have the best players in the game and maybe more of them, more big time players. And you tell me right now, well, the defenses are close at the very least are close. Right. And then you tell me, all right, the the weapons are close. And then you're going to tell me I get Andy Reid for a week to look at Mike McDonald and what the Ravens do. Andy Reid against Mike McDonald. And Mike McDonald has been fantastic. I'm going to take Andy Reid in that one all the time. And then you give me Steve Spagnola against Todd Malkin. And Steve Spagnola is arguably the best big game defensive coordinator, not named Bill Belichick, 
in the history of the sport. I'm going to take Steve there, and then I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes. So if we got him close everywhere, even if you say the Ravens are a tad bit, this league has always been a coaching quarterback league, and I think the Chiefs have clear advantages at those two spots. And the other part, see, the Chiefs respond for some reason. They're, 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 they're immature, but they respond to doubting. Like, they, they responded to, uh-oh, the Chiefs have never played on the road before. They respond. They, they respond. I have hold, heard multiple topics and conversations of, will the Chiefs get blown out? Literally, I've, I've heard. Oh, I've, I've heard it multiple times. After it, I'm gonna call you out, Chris Rose. After it, Chris Rose on NFL Network after the Chiefs game against the Bills said in his first question to Maurice Jones-Drew, he said to him, "What do the Chiefs have to do to avoid getting blown out in Baltimore?" I think they hear this. I think the Chiefs defense hear that 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 the Ravens defense is in this game and they're not playing against. Everyone keeps talking about how hard it is that it's going to be for Patrick Mahomes and people aren't talking about the Chiefs defense, which has been one of the best in the league, if not the best. And I think they thrive and respond to stuff like that. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I got it 27-20 in this game as they go to another Super Bowl. So... I was hemorrhaging confidence this year, boys. You know that as well as anybody. <laughs> hemorrhaging is a great word to use. I I texted you during the Bengals game, which was the turning point of the season, I might add. You quit. I you hope this team misses playoffs. the playoffs because they deserve that. They deserve that. And it's Clinton's better division. for everybody now if it's a, a, a difficult way for this season to come to an end. I mean, it's going to be uh, really hard for that to occur. Like, by the yeah. way, as well, that was going to yeah. really be a difficult, difficult thing for that to happen. It yeah. really to lose bad. It, it felt in the moment like it was the right thing. Though. <laughs> and I am so back on board with this team. It is insane. The 180 that has taken place in the last month of football. And really, it, it happened at some point in that Dolphins game for me, man, where it's just like, all right, Mahomes is different. And there's just nothing more that needs to be said. He's just, he is Peyton Manning and Tom Brady tied into one player. He has all of the regular season accolades that Manning had with the postseason ability to just take his game to another level. And on the other side right now, I'm looking at a defense that's getting all these accolades and all this talk, and they deserve it. They're good. They're really good with the Baltimore Ravens for allowing 16.8 points per game this year. And then I look at the Chiefs and, they allowed 17.3. And I'm supposed to look at that as some massive advantage in favor of the Ravens. Okay. Well, they've got the MVP over there, though, right? They've got, they've got Lamar. Ja- I look at his passing stats, and they're basically the same as Mahomes from this season, maybe worse, except he just had fewer interceptions because he wasn't throwing to Kadarius Tony. I think about the Chiefs and their running game and how terrible it was most of the season, but they've been really good lately. And the Ravens can't seem to stop the run. So, man, I. I just don't 
know how I could possibly bring myself to pick against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs against a quarterback that I don't think has it in him to go up against Mahomes head to head and beat him in this kind of a spot. So I'm taking the Chiefs. I've got them to win 26 to 24. I think they win it on a Harrison Butker walk-off kick and they find a way to get to the Super Bowl on the leg of Butker after Mahomes rips the heart out of not only the Buffalo Bills, but also the Baltimore Ravens. And since went, the, that went to the final play of the game. <laughs> He's felt this, man. And, and, and sends the AFC in a tizzy to the thought of, if, we, if these jokers made it this year through the AFC, I'm telling you, it's the 2018 Pats, man. It's the moment where we all said, are you bleeping kidding me? This team, this Patriots team made it to the Super Bowl? That's that's this Chiefs team, except it's yeah. happening at the front end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know, man. I, maybe it's the heart, but I do. I watch this, and they just, they just feel as good with the better coaching quarterback. And the key is not, you know, reverting back to some of the mistakes they've made. And and that is that is gonna be the key. All right, we are out. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.